Hello and welcome to the Adafruit CircuitPython Weekly, uh, first of the year, January 6th, 2020. My name is Scott and I work on CircuitPython for Adafruit. They are my sponsors. Um, this meeting, uh, <laughs> wow, not only have I not done this in a while, but I also have a cold. Uh, this meeting is uh, done every week uh, at on Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern on the Adafruit Discord server which everybody is invited to join. Uh, go to the URL adafru.it slash discord to join. Uh, we're in the text chat all week, and we're in the voice chat during this meeting. And as I say, everybody's welcome to participate in this meeting, so hop on there and do that. Uh, if we do shift around um, when that happens, we'll ping CircuitPythonistas on the Discord server, so let us know uh, if you want to get notified about that stuff, and we'll add you to the CircuitPythonistas role so you get notified about that. Um, this meeting is run in five parts. Uh, we start with the community news, which is an overview of what's happening in the CircuitPython community. We follow that up with the state of CircuitPython as libraries, which is an uh, overall view of the project broadly. And then uh, we talk about kind of the three core components, the core, which is the, C the CircuitPython C code, the libraries, and Blinka as well which is a uh, compatibility layer on uh, C in CPython on Linux for CircuitPython libraries. Uh, after that section, we have a section called Hug Reports. Uh, we do this as a round robin, so I will start and then go through the list of the folks that are in the voice chat, uh, intermixing any notes that happen to be put in the notes doc. So we do go alphabetically. We don't start at the top. Um, if you're in the voice chat and you uh, either don't have a microphone or just want me to read stuff off, let us know your text only. And if you're just here to uh, listen and not participate, just let us know you're lurking and we'll skip right over you. And that's not a problem. We're happy to have you here. Uh, so that's Round Robin. Hug Reports uh, generally is a chance for you to say thank you to folks for the work that they've been doing in the community. Uh, we should have lots of good stuff this week since this is the first uh, voice meeting we've had in three weeks, I think. So that's been cool. And then uh, after hug reports, we have status updates, which is done as a round robin as well. Uh, so again, let us know if you're lurking or text only. And then uh, it's a chance to for you to spend a couple minutes talking about what you've been working on and what you kind of continue plan on continuing to work on. That will uh, that will be. It's really good to stay in sync with everybody, and it's also a great place for you to get tips and tricks on the stuff that you're hoping to do in the future, uh, pointers for stuff, that sort of thing. And then lastly, we have a section called In the Weeds, which is a, set, a chance for uh, folks to just bring up any topics they want to discuss with the community. Um, if you have a topic for there, just please uh, pull up the notes doc and throw it in the In the Weeds section. We'll kind of just go down the list there and uh, cover those topics. The meeting tends to take about uh, an hour, so or maybe even a little bit more. So just uh, be prepared. If you can't make the whole meeting, uh, let us know, and we're happy to let you speak before you have to take off. And uh, lastly, I should say that the meeting is being recorded. Uh, we, we record it so that we can post it to podcast services along with the Adafruit YouTube channel and diode zone so uh the videos are available so even the text in the circuit python channel is being recorded and uh the voice voice chat is being recorded as well so uh let us know if that's a problem um, or just be aware that if you don't want your voice recorded just do text only and that's cool uh we do have a note stock as well and those notes get posted uh with a link to they are linked to from the video descriptions, so uh, you can find them that way. There's also just a GitHub repo of all of them 
Uh, so you can find them all there and they link back to the videos as well. So it's all good. And with that, I will take a time code so that uh, the notes are kind of aligned with the time in the video. And we'll kick it over to Phil for community news. All right. Thank you so much, Scott. And Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Okay. So every year we ask everyone, what do you want from CircuitPython in 2020? So there's a blog post Scott put up there. There's a bunch that are coming in. Um, check out the blog post and see all the different ways you can let us know what you want to see in CircuitPython. It could be anything from specific things in the core to what we're doing in the community to the type of guys we're writing. Um, we're uh, open this up for a few more days. Um, of course, all year long, uh, we listen and all work together. But now's a really good time because we'll put the blog post on the site. And if you look at the previous years, um, we've all worked together and got a lot of this stuff done. So congratulations um, to the folks who uh, wanted to see something in uh, some, uh, this community effort and were able to do it. And then looking forward to all the folks in the community who want to uh, do some stuff as well. Over the break, a bunch of stuff happened. We got 200 plus libraries. So uh, we did our usual 200 things. We got a nice graphic with Blinka. We hit 95 boards and we also have 34 boards in Linka. Special thanks to Melissa and Justin. We have a little counter on there now, so I don't have to do a find and then count the number of the times a word appears or something like that. So that's kind of neat. Uh, that was fun too. Uh, and the other thing is for the boards, I think it's uh, interesting and special and kind of shows where our head is at with how we want to do um, a, a very cool, inclusive ecosystem and community. There's more non-Adafruit boards the native fruit boards with CircuitPython. So um, I think that's really cool. That's a sign that uh, there, there's a, it's valuable enough and there's, a, there's enough interest. Same thing with uh, Feather. Uh, that's an open spec. There's more not Adafruit things with Feather than Adafruit things at this point. Uh, we released a couple um, preview videos and more. So Clue, that's kind of our, um, our, our next platformer, I guess. I don't know if it's appropriate to call it a platformer like they do in, in gaming lands. Um, but one of the things we wanted to do is have uh, something that's filled with sensors. And when we were starting to come up with this, the more we tossed on things on a board, the more it started to be the same shape as a micro bit. So we're like, hey, we should just do a micro bit compatible as far as the shape so you can use accessories and more. Uh, so there's a link to the video and kind of our overview. And you'll see this each week. Um, one of the things we do is we work in the open. So when, when you're seeing hardware, it, it, sometimes it's literally off the desk of Lady Ada from, from her screen. And then when we get the prototypes and we show it, uh, we get a lot of rapid feedback this way. And we're going to continue to do that. And then uh, last night, we did a little video. Um, this is a preview of the uh, Feather Bluefruit Sense. This is jamming as many possible sensors into um, a Feather Bluefruit form factor. Um, I'm excited about this one because it'll just unlock a lot of things for a lot of people and you get all the benefits of, of CircuitPython with that. We did our top top 10. You know, you're kind of required if you run a, a popular blog to do like a bunch of top 10 things. So uh, one of the things that I thought would be interesting for the community meeting is our top product of the last decade. That's all the products altogether the last 10, 10 years. You'd think it'd be something, um, you know, a few years ago. It's actually uh, Circuit Playground. And one of the reasons is all the things it can do. And specifically, uh, with Circuit Playground Express, you can run 
Python and CircuitPython. So uh, that that became our number one product of the decade. So thank you everyone who's who's worked on it or contributed code or gave one to a kid or mentored someone at a school. Um, it's one of our favorite boards. Now we have a Bluefruit form factor. So I, I expect the Bluefruit one will probably, or the Bluefruit ones will probably um, climb up the list pretty fast. Um, I wanted to give a shout out to Cedar Grove. Um, one of the coolest projects I've seen recently is a thermal camera project. And um, as Cedar Grove is learning how DisplayIO works, there's these really nice graphics. It actually helped me understand it better too. So now I'm like, oh, okay, this it just clicked. It made sense. So check out this project. Um, it's in the uh, newsletter, but I also put all the links here. Um, a lot of folks got something that ran CircuitPython over the holidays, and they were making projects. And one of the things, um, if you ever see these tweets, like retweet them, or if you, you can also email us, um, enjoy to prototype with. Um, I was trying like that, it's only a, you know a few small words, but it's like oh right that like sometimes the community says the thing that just uh, crystallizes exactly what we're working on like a joy to prototype with like yeah like easy to prototype with is always something that that I say it's like oh why why use CircuitPython but a joy to prototype with and you can see the project that person did um, we're we're here because uh, we're, we're code plus community and that you know that those words came from the community too. Serpente shields are out. There, there's two of them, I think, now. Arturo, who made the Serpente, which is a circuit Python compatible board. Um, you can check out these cool little uh, shields. I don't know if they're going to call them shields long term, but I always like it when there's a new form factor and then um, people are able to make the things that they want to make uh, with it and can focus on the uh, very neat solutions and not have to worry about things like, well, how do I get the libraries to work? How do I get all the firmware to work? How do I do all these all those things? Um, let's check that out. It was it's it was is public domain day and the Cleveland Museum of Art they have an open access API. You can use Python uh, and our uh, actually a friend of the company Michael Weinberg he's a lawyer who's alerted uh, Python did a, a neat Python project and then Dan who's in our community immediately made a Pi portal. So with public domain day and a lot of museums starting to do this if they have art you can easily put stuff on screens and I think that's one of the things that was kind of hard to do a long time ago, but now it's getting a lot easier. So if you ever wanted to have like just cool art that's just kind of playing all the time and you want to use something that's that's low cost and, and you know what it is, it's an IoT device that you, you know everything about it. It's open source software and open source uh, hardware. Um, it's not a weirdo IoT device that's spying on you. You can make something like this. Um, this one, it's in the UK, but I wanted to mention anyways, because Antola's uh, uh, a very prolific member of the community. Uh, there is the Cambridge Python meeting. Um, it's like now, uh, Tuesday, January, or, or getting close now, Tuesday, January 7th. And um, Nick is going to be talking about developing developers. They usually have a recording of the talk, and uh, I'll try to get that on the blog and the newsletters because um, a lot of us, you know, we make tools for toolmakers. We make um, Lego, Lego bricks for, for others to make their own Things that they want to build, um, you know, at Adafruit, we make a we make a lot of things for, so other people can make stuff. So this talk looks interesting. Developing developers, um, a milestone that we hit as I wrap up the community notes. Um, we have an unusually large number of subscribers to a, a Python newsletter, uh, seven thousand people already. So it's it, it's our fastest growing newsletter, and this is all the community news that we do here each week, all the things going on, all the. Um, general Python on hardware news, uh, from MicroPython to uh, Blinka to just uh, Python being used in industry and more. And so it's uh, still taking off. So 
thanks everyone throughout throughout the year sending in links and tips and emailing me um it helps a lot we have a pretty big net that we cast out to to find all these things but every single week there's something unique that we've never seen that someone from the community has uh managed to find uh the draft the newsletter is here you can check it out there's always time for some pull requests before the end of the day today um you can also get us on twitter or here chips out tomorrow um 11 a.m and uh with that happy new year everyone i'm gonna go back to helping a little more run a native fruit here but i just want to say uh our promise is always to make a really cool inclusive open uh thing uh that's special that's valuable for people and circuit python has been a big part of that so thank you everybody this is one of the things we look forward to every single week um especially all the cool projects that have been coming out of this and people being surprised how easy um and how joyful it is to mm -hmm. uh, prototype with and that is the community news awesome thank you so much phil thank you all right <clears throat> let's go to the second section which is the state of circuit python and its libraries uh, this is a section where we give kind of a, like a objective statistics look at the health of the project. Uh, we've been evolving this recently, uh, which is awesome. And uh, if you have feedback on, on numbers you'd like to see in this section, please let us know as well. Uh, so uh, overall, we've had... Let me take a time code. The cat is upset that I'm talking and she's jumping into a box. Um... So overall, we had 133 pull requests merged, which I think is a record, uh, which doesn't surprise me. Uh, we had 14 authors, myself, Brent, M Melissa, D. Cloud, D. Halbert, Philip Keller, and Hot Tack. Hot Tack, uh, D. Harada, Dishibu, Katni, Colin, Roy, Farrowine, and Hire Effect. So thank you to all our authors for 133 pull requests. I have a feeling a lot of those are from D. Harada, who's been doing uh, the update to uh, GitHub Actions. So thanks to all those folks for doing that. And uh, we had eight reviewers. So we had uh, new reviewers. I think most of those are standard folks. So thank you to our eight reviewers. If you do want to get started, um, uh, let us know. And uh, reviewing is a great way because it's uh, take a... I'm going to kick the cat out. She's chewing styrofoam. Hold on just a sec. You She usually tips over a garbage can when she's when I'm talking and disturbing her, but she decided to chew on bubble wrap instead. Okay, sorry. Uh, yeah, so reviewing is great. Uh, let us know if you want to get uh, started with that. We're happy to help. Uh, so overall, issues-wise, we had 11 closed issues by 5 people and 11 opened by 10 people, so we're pretty net there, which is great. Um, and... Uh, you know, we don't want to add more issues over time. So keeping track of that rate is really good. So uh, overall, uh, we're getting close to uh, like stabilizing 5.0 so that we can do a 5.0 stable release. We have just a couple more BLE features we'd like to get in. And then it'll just be hunting down the major bugs that we have. So please uh, try the latest, uh, the latest beta. I think we'll definitely try to get beta 3 out this week. And let us know what issues you have and what things uh, you'd like to see in there. And we'll go from there. Okay, that is overall. On the core side, 
We had eight pull requests merged from seven different authors. Uh, D. Gloud is a new author, so thanks to D. Gloud. Uh, we had three reviewers, myself, Dan, and Lady Ada, so thanks to those folks. We have 10 open pull requests, where our oldest open pull request is 151 days, which is better than before, I believe, because we got an exciting one in, but I won't spoil it. Um, so 10 open pull requests. Uh, Issues-wise, we had three closed issues by three people and four opened by four people for a total of 213 open issues. So we're, again, growing a little bit, and that's kind of a binner jam. Uh, just adding some longer-term stuff. Uh, we have 157 long-term issues, and we have 14 issues not assigned to milestones. So those are two kind of interesting metrics. Uh, I would expect to see our issue numbers change a lot more once we uh, once we are kind of feature complete on 5.0, which shouldn't be too long, as I said earlier. Uh, we have 97 total supported boards, uh, which is an amazing number. We're almost to 100, so keep it up. Uh, in the notes, we have download stats by board. I will not uh, go over those here. They're by board, and they're also by language. If you're curious, you can check those out. Um, overall no- download numbers, uh, 412 is our latest stable, which we did to just update some CircuitPython library stuff. Uh, we've had 4,147 downloads of that, which is actually quite impressive because it's only been out a few weeks. Um, the majority of those, actually, let's look. Trinket is 350, Pi Portal 271, um, Circuit Playground Express is 799. So it's kind of interesting to see which boards are the most popular there. Um, and uh, on the unstable side, we have 50 Beta 2, which is uh, 1,599 downloads. So, uh, ooh. CPB beat CPX this week in downloads. Interesting. Yeah, uh, for those of you who haven't gotten on the Bluetooth train, I highly recommend trying it out. It's very, very cool. Uh, Anyway, that's the state of the core. Uh, Let's kick it over to Katni for the state of the libraries. Thanks, Scott. Mm -hmm. So, uh, libraries this week. Uh, We had 125 pull requests merged, uh, which, as you said, is uh, definitely due to uh, Dylan and his uh, monumental move of all of our libraries from Travis to GitHub Actions. And there's still a little bit more to do there, so we're still going to see some high numbers, I think, um, for the next uh, the next week as well. Um, we had uh, eight authors. Uh, I don't recognize Philip Keller, so thank you, or uh, Fairyline. Um, so thank you to those two for uh, joining us. And we had six reviewers. We currently have 58 open pull requests. A number of those are uh, actions ones, at least based on um, based on the number of days they're open. Uh, my guess is that at least half of those are actions related. Um, we still have fairly old ones and something that we definitely need to do and that is on my list of things to do um, fairly soon is to start going through these older PRs and figuring out what they are and what we want to do with them and uh, so on and so forth. I know people have been finding some and uh, doing some with them. So thank you for uh, following up on that. Those of you who have been uh, digging through some of the older pull requests. Issues wise, we had eight closed issues by three people and seven open by seven people. We are net down by one for 140 open issues. If you'd like to see a list of those, you can go to circuitpython.org slash contributing. Uh, There's all kinds of information there about the libraries um, because 
uh, it is difficult to aggregate information um, when you're talking about over uh, 200 different GitHub repos. Um, so we created uh, a section on circuitpython.org that tracks all of that. So if you want to see open issues, uh, open PRs, um, and a series of uh, library infrastructure issues, you can view all of that on uh, circuitpython.org slash contributing. And we have had five updated libraries in the last seven days, no new libraries. Um, and that is uh, where we're at with the libraries. Awesome. Thank you, Katni. Okay, let's kick it over to Melissa for Blinka updates. Hello, let's see here. Uh, okay, uh, yeah. Uh, so in for the Blinka, uh, for Blinko, which is our circuit Python compatibility layer for in C Python on Linux for Raspberry Pi and other single board computers, uh, we had two pull requests merged. Um, we had one author, me, <laughs> and two reviewers. And um, we had we have two open pull requests still. Uh, one of them is just an incomplete one. Uh, the other one I'm going to be looking at this week. And uh, one closed issue by one person and one open by one person. Uh, and there are a total of 26 open issues right now. Uh, and for Pi, Pi PI downloads in the last week, there were 1,381. And the number of supported boards is 55 right now. Nice. Yeah, if you ever have incomplete ones and, like, the person's not getting back to you, feel free to just close it. Um, okay, yeah. That I won't delete their rants or anything, so they can still Good act. Point, yeah. They can still recreate the, a whole request. They're, like, really close on it. They only had, like, a couple files to edit, but then they kind of stopped working on it. The other thing you can do is you could just fix it if you want it in. I might just do that. Yeah. Cool. Thanks, <laughs> Melissa. Yeah. Okay, hug report time. Hug Reports is a chance for us to say thank you to folks for the work that they've been doing uh, in our community. Really appreciate it. Um, the way it works is it's done as a round robin, so I will start, and then we'll go through the list of the folks in the voice channel, along uh, with mixing folks in who just drop notes in the notes doc. Those I will read off. Um, if you're in the voice channel and you don't, well, you just want to listen in, let us know you're lurking. Uh, if you uh, don't want to speak, but you have stuff to say, just drop them either in the text channel or ideally the notes, and I can read those off as well. Um, so that's how it works, and I will start after I find my spot and take a time code. Um, okay, uh, first and foremost, I want to just uh, say thanks to Katni for doing the newsletter and the notes-only meeting stuff over the holidays. I uh, really appreciated it. Uh, that you could that I didn't have to worry about it. Um, thank you to Crayola for Pixel Buff. Uh, this has been a long time coming, but for the for those of you who don't know, uh, Pixel Buff is more uh, more RGB LED logic happening in C, which makes it uh, much quicker uh, much quicker to do NeoPixel animations and stuff like that. So really. Really cool, and it looks like it's landing just in time for five, so we should get everybody on that train pretty quickly, which will be awesome. Um, thanks to Jerry N for moderating over the holiday, moderating Discord over the holidays. There were just a few minor hiccups, I think, not too too bad. Uh, but thanks for Jerry for keeping an eye out on things. 
I actually gave uh, some feedback to Discord about wanting a way to know where mods, like people in a particular role, have looked, and I think that would be an interesting, interesting thing there. Um, hopefully they'll do it, but we'll see. Um, thanks to Arturo182 for releasing the uh, IMX RT uh, bootloader. Um, it's really exciting. Uh, the IMX RT is uh, anywhere from 400 megahertz up to a gigahertz. Um, Cortex M7, they're super interesting chips, and uh, Arturo's been paving the way for that and uh, just released the bootloader, uh, or at least uh, pushed the code for the bootloader. So that's very, very exciting. Um, two more. Uh, one is uh, thank you to you, uh, who uh, is, or Uwe, I, it's German, I don't know how to pronounce it. Um, the lead person on SIGROC, which is an open source logic anal analysis uh, program. Uh, I was trying to get it running over the weekend and he helped me through some uh, issues just getting it building. So really appreciated that. And then lastly, a uh, huge out shout out to just everyone who's done CircuitPython 2020 posts. It's super fun to read everything that everybody is interested in doing. Um, and we'll, it'll be a good discussion next week when we can uh, coalesce all of those ideas into like a kind of overview for the year. So um, if you haven't done CircuitPython 2020, uh, including myself, uh, this week is the week to do that. So please uh, either ping me on Discord and I'll we have an internal doc that we're just keeping track of what we blogged up. Um, uh, I could get it on the doc or you can just email the CircuitPython 2020 at adafruit.com. That'll go to Phil and I. So um that's it for hug reports for me. Let's circle around. And I think we're going to Android Ninja, who says, um, first, uh, hug report to Hatak for getting me pointed in the right direction for BLE comms. Uh, thank you to Luminescent Simeon for Android testing and feedback, Jerry N for Android testing and feedback. And lastly, uh, Tanuk, Colin, and Trevor, I uh, don't know their handles, for getting me in touch and sending along assets and videos from the iOS Bluefruit Playground app. Uh, and I should just say, uh, for those of you who don't know, Android Ninja has been taking on uh, recreating the Circuit Playground Bluefruit app on Android uh, because Adafruit's only done it for iOS. So we got all the resources to them uh, to make that happen and lots of uh, Android Ninja has been making lots and lots of exciting process. Uh, progress on that so that's sweet uh anecdata and Anne are lurking so let's go to brent hello um i have a bunch of hug reports this week uh one is for dylan for his work on migrating travis to actions and forcing me to learn actions in the migration it's really great i've never used it before and i'm excited to keep using it um carter for their display IO guide. Um, it was written a while ago when Scott was finishing up display IO, but I keep coming back to it as a reference and it's a really good guide. Um, Jerry for his work on uh, fixing an issue with the M mini MQTT client identifier. Um, see Grover for their work on the AMG camera. I used a similar thermal camera that we have in the store now for the Jupyter and CircuitPython guide. You might want to take a look at it. It's actually a really powerful camera. Um, and I'm taking notes as you go about it to figure out what I can do on, like what somebody could do on their computer, which isn't really possible on the microcontroller because you keep pushing further on the microcontroller. It's really interesting to see the differences. 
Um, everybody for writing CircuitPython 2020 posts, I have mine as a draft right now, and I'll finish it tomorrow morning. Um, I read through a lot of them. I like Jepler's time post. I learned a lot. And Stargill's thought on packaging in CircuitPython, which kind of reflects my thoughts recently, too. And a group hug. Awesome. Ooh. Thanks, Brent. Okay. Seagrover is text only, so I'll read it off. And Seagrover says group hug with an extra layer of appreciation for the folks that built and contributed to Display IO. Awesome. Thank you, Seagrover. Okay, let's go to Charles. Just a group hug because I haven't been doing a whole lot, but uh, because of uh, family issues. So, hmm. uh, and uh, I'm still working on my uh, various MIDI projects. So that's nice. And I've been getting information from from various people. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks, Charles. And I hope uh, everything is okay with your family. Yes, it is. Okay. It will be. <laughs> Good. Yeah. You'll make it through the rough patch. Yes, sir. All right. Thanks, Charles. Okay. Dakota's lurking. So let's go to Dan. Hi. Okay. So um, as others mentioned, thanks to Roy, uh, known as Crayola, for working on Pixel Buff, which was a huge amount of work and had a lot of connections to other things. So it was sort of hard to do it uh, a little at a time. So um, that's working out really well. And we already see people who are trying it and report big speed ups. Uh, thanks to Dylan Harada, who has submitted more pull requests than anyone else uh, <laughs> per minute. So uh, <laughs> ever probably Yep. in the CircuitPython libraries. And so, um, that, that was a huge amount of work uh, converting all the Travis stuff to GitHub Actions, and we're glad it's it's basically done. And then thanks to Andrew Gatherer, Gatherer A on GitHub, who is uh, porting, working on a port of a library called MicroPython ULab, which is sort of like a miniature version of NumPy with FFTs and matrix inversions and other things like that. And he's getting it to work on CircuitPython. He's working... Uh, with, I, I'm not even sure if he's in the group, but he's he's working on it for the Kicksat Sprite satellite boards, uh, which run on SAMD51, and also uh, V923Z, who is the original author of U, of ULab, has been very willing to consider changes to make it uh, work with Circuit Python like ifdefs and things like that. Mm. Okay. Awesome. Thanks, Dan. Okay. Deshipu is text only and says, uh, hug report to Dan for help with the USB HID output report handling code. And thanks to Tan Newt, myself, for review and great suggestions for a better interface. Thanks, Deshipu. And let's go to Drew. Yeah, uh, thanks to Melissa for reviewing one of my pull requests uh, for the BeagleBone in Blinka in uh, pointing out some issues with it. Great. Thanks, Drew. Okay, let's go to Hire Effect. Thanks. Can you guys hear me okay? Yep. Sounds right. good. Okay, uh, thanks. Uh, Jeff and Scott for helping with uh, some guidance for the UF2. Um, and I guess kind of in conjunction with that, thanks for to the uh, KittenBot team for getting back to me. 
Um, and uh, hopefully we'll be seeing some more of them with uh, helping out with the our uh, PR for the Kittenbot Meow Bit, which is a, a fun kind of high gamer type uh, board for the SDM32, which I'm pretty excited about wrapping up support for. Um, I've been working a lot on that recently. Um, so hopefully we'll see more of that. And then beyond that, um, group pug, just because I've been off for the holidays. So Awesome. Thanks. Thanks, Harifek. All right. Uh, 18. Uh, Phil M, a.k.a. Hakuza Tuna, uh, is text only today, says, first, uh, group hug. Happy New Year to everyone. Uh, general hug, all of who... Pr- all who have participated in useful discussions and witty banter on Discord. And uh, thank you to Maker Melissa for helping debug a transient CPB plus gizmo display I.O. bug, uh, which is interesting. Uh, thank you to Andon and Mad Bodger for advising on good PCB design practices. And lastly, thank you to Jerry N for fixing the STM32F string.encode bug. Cool. Uh, Jacob is lurking. And Jason. All right. Still hear me okay? Yep. Yeah, sounds Okey good. Um, great. So first of all, this goes back a few weeks, but to Dan H., Stargirl, and Scott for helping me with doing another local build for the board we're developing. And so I just kind of had to set on how to do that. So I appreciate the help there. And we did changing some things. Uh, the first boards we built had a smaller uh, flash part on it than we intend to have. Uh, once again, to Katni for the GitHub Learn Guide. That is awesome for someone like myself. It's, uh, tricky. All the time. Very well written. Uh, to John Park for the brief Winter Bloom Soul demo that he dropped over the holidays. Um, stuff's really cool. And that kind of goes to Stargirl as well, again, for the design. It's a real very nice to look at, and I, I enjoyed seeing the demo and finally hearing part of a chain, so it's not exactly clear to me what it is. Anyway, that was nice. And then uh, Group Hug, uh, I think it just was said here a moment ago, but I always like just... Everybody. All right, thanks, Jason. I think you were cutting in and out a little bit. Uh, for me but it's weird because you sound good when i hear you and then it cuts off Uh, confirm okay so it's not just me anyway i think we got the gist of it based on the notes (laughs) okay something to test out for next week okay let's go to jeff hi i feel like i have a ton of hugs this week uh, or these three weeks and I want to start with the group hug and the double group hug to everybody who is writing their circuit python 2020 blog entries I think uh, they are all great learning opportunities and uh, I blushed a little bit at the idea that I taught somebody else a lot about time in mine and mm-hmm. you know, I worry that I oversell my own expertise but uh, it's definitely something I'm interested in and let's share our interests and uh, you know make circuit python better in the process and uh, wow, that wrap-up of the community news was really inspiring. So uh, thank you, Phil, for that. Um, thanks to Scott and Summersoft for filling me in when I had some factual inaccuracies. Um, 
One was about how Pulsin works, and the other was about Audio Mixer. Um, and it was so fun to see Android Ninja and Luminescent Simeon, whose names I didn't even recognize, just jump in and do all this stuff <laughs> and do some great testing. And it just makes me feel so good to see it. Uh, thanks to NIST for reaching out to me on the help channel uh, about automatically created files in the CircuitPython file system. We were able to do a little education, and uh, I think everybody knows a little bit more now. Thanks to Anne for helping me with my first post on Adafruit blog, and now I have two. And thanks to Scott and Dan for some PR reviews, and we'll work through that stuff that uh, you suggested to change real soon. Sweet. Thanks, Jeff. All right, let's go to Jerry. Yeah, basically a group hug and Happy New Year to everybody. Um, it was quite a year and, and really exciting to, to see all that's been happening, um, so much activity. And, uh, and a special shout out, as others, to, to Android Ninja for the amazingly quick development of the Android version of the of the Bluetooth Playground app. Um, I can't believe how fast <laughs> that got done. Yeah, really but impressive. Got out there to test. Awesome. Thanks, Jerry. Okay, let's go to Katni. All right. So <clears throat> first and foremost, I want to say a hug report for Crayola for getting Pixelbuff and PyPixelbuff merged. I'm super excited for fast animations. And this has been over a year in the making, I think a year and a half. It started at uh, PyCon 2018. Um, and so it's just amazing to finally see that put together. Um, tied into that is uh, thanks for all the work on the LED animations library and for making our Christmas tree an amazing LED display, um, which getting that going and looking amazing was part of what drove managing to finalize uh, Pixel Buff and so on. So uh, it all kind of works together, um, but a great hug report for that. I have one for Dylan for getting all the circuit Python libraries moved over to Actions. My email box is exploding with PRs and that is great to see. Um, thank you to Melissa for a super thorough review late on Friday of a PR needed. Uh, I needed it to finish up a guide. Um, and uh, Melissa caught a very um, tiny thing that could possibly have gone wrong with some of the code uh, that I absolutely would have missed. Um, and actually, it's been in the code for a long time and <laughs> hasn't caused the problem, but it could happen. So that was very useful, um, and I was able to get that guide finished up. So thank you for doing that. Um, to community moderators for keeping up with things over the holidays, especially Jerry, for keeping up with things. It was great to be able to have some downtime over the holiday and know that things were taken care of. Um, to Android Ninja for asking about the Android version of the new Circuit Playground Bluefruit app and then writing it when it <laughs> turned out we didn't have it yet. Um, it looks amazing, and uh, that was incredibly unexpected. Um, a lot of people say they're going to do that and then don't. Um, so that was amazing. And thank you so much for all the progress there. And again, please let us know if you need any more um, help testing uh, assets, so on and so forth. Um, to Dan for a really helpful discussion over the holidays. Um, and uh, group hug to everyone writing CircuitPython 2020 posts. Thank you for your input and ideas. And a hug to everyone who has participated in CircuitPython throughout 2019 in any way. From commenting on Discord to contributing code to the core and libraries, you make CircuitPython what it is, and I'm looking forward to an even more amazing 2020. So thank you to everyone, and um, we look forward to seeing all of you who joined us in the last year continue, and we look forward to all the new people um, that will join us this year as well. 
And that is my hug reports. Awesome. Thank you so much, Katni. Okay. Uh, Crayola's not here, uh, but says, Group hug, happy new year, happy new decade. Uh, thank you to Tan Newt for his PR review. We finally got Pixelbuff API changes merged. Very excited. Uh, thank you to Katni and Sedacious for helping me get PyPixelbuff ready to merge. And uh, lastly, thank you to Tan Newt and Dan H for looking at the NRF soft device crashes and helping me figure out why NeoPixel Write was triggering it. And it turns out it's memory fragmentation. Okay, uh, let's go to Melissa. Hello. Okay. Uh, first of all, hug report to Lady Eater for handling all the new issues and PR as well as how there was a lot of them. Um, a hug report to Dylan Harada for the massive number of GitHub Action CI conversions uh, you did over the past couple of weeks. Uh, one for Summersoft for fixing merge conflicts on a PR he has, he's submitted twice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and uh, just group hug to everyone. Awesome. Thanks, Melissa. Marius is looking, so we'll read off Entol, uh, who has dad taxi duty. Uh, Entol says, uh, general group hug to wish everyone a flourishing 2020. Sai is also lurking, uh, and Sedacious is offline but has notes, so I will read those off. Um, Sedacious says, uh, Crayola, a hug report to Crayola for making progress on and merging a bunch of long-term PRs around Pixelbuff. Uh, thank you to Dylan slash Dihirata for continuing to make progress slogging through, manually updating and creating PRs for the migration of the CircuitPython lives to GitHub Actions. Thank you to C. Grover for an awesome thermal camera app for the Pygamer and Gridi. Pretty much just worked. And a hug report to maker Melissa and Noe for help with my new first 3D printer. I knew I was buying a science project and not an actual printer, but wow. <laughs> All right. Uh go to Summersoft. Summersoft is text only. It says a uh, hug report to everyone who put up CircuitPython 2020 submissions. A uh, hug report to Dihirata for pushing all of the GitHub Actions migrations. Updating every library manually is mind-numbing, so thanks for tackling that. And a hap, hap, happy New Year's group hug. And lastly, we have notes from Tammy Makes Things. Uh, Tammy says, uh, hug reports Tony DeCola for the porting an Arduino library to CircuitPython guide, which is proving invaluable right now. Uh, hug report to everyone who wrote the Display.io library and documentation. Now that I've figured out all the layers of abstraction, it's making the UI part of my current project much simpler. And a group hug for an amazing 2020. And that's it for hug reports. I don't think we got anybody new. All right, let's keep rolling. All right, next section is status updates, and we do it in the same way uh, as around Robin. Um, So rules apply if you're, nobody's new, so we have lurking text-only stuff already. So let's keep going. Um, We're 43 minutes in, and so we'll probably go over an hour. All right, let me start. Um, First on my list is uh, Homebrew Cask added GCCR back after the Homebrew folks decided it was too complicated to maintain to be able to actually build it. Uh, but they just re uh, reverted the deletion, and so it's old. So I have updated it before, so my plan is to just uh, update it again. So I, would, I just want to knock that out. It shouldn't be too bad. Uh, that's first on my list. Uh 
over the weekend, I was playing around with making an easy logic analyzer. So I was playing around with Sigrock and uh, stuff like that. And I also have the stuff that Dean was doing. He took a look at this as well. So I'm going to just kind of digest what Dean, what direction Dean was going just to see where we ended up. And then um, I will take this as a point to say, uh, you can now sponsor me on GitHub. Uh, there's a bunch of different tiers. Uh, basically, it's a way to supplement me and kind of like support me doing some other random stuff not just CircuitPython that Adafruit pays me for. Uh, it's also, uh, if I got enough money on there, I could actually maybe not work from home, which would be cool. Uh, rather have like a lab where I can have even more retro computers all around me. <laughs> uh, so check out that if you're interested in uh, sponsoring me to do a wider variety of projects. Um, Today, I need to finish up the HID library change. Uh, we have BLE HID support, except it requires one change to the library. So that's going to be like my top priority after all of the meetings, newsletter stuff. Uh, so that's on my radar. I pushed a PR for packet buffer, uh, which is a, a more packet-oriented BLE communication wrapper. Uh, it's needed for the Apple Media Service library, uh, which I also... Uh, pushed uh, to a new repo, but I need to do like the follow-up lint PR to that as well. And uh, that is also, the packet buffer stuff is also a, a dependency for BLE MIDI, so I'm hoping to get to that this week as well. Um, the BLE MIDI work ties to the logic analyzer stuff because I want to uh, hack some old piano keyboards to do BLE MIDI, and I need to know like a wide, I need to be able to look at a lot of uh, uh, like 64 logic level lines at once to kind of reverse engineer the key matrix. Um, and then, uh, so the you know, Beely MIDI is kind of on my radar. And then I also have to do my own CircuitPython 2020 post. I uh, have an idea what it'll be, but I haven't written it out yet. And then I also uh, am doing a PyCascades presentation in a few weeks that I started and I need to spend some more time on. So uh, that's uh what's up for me and let's circle around and see what's up with other folks so let's go to brent hey uh, um last week i had a really short week i worked only thursday and friday um while i was here i built up a pi portal to factor authentication friends it's really useful you don't need to go looking for your phone mm -hmm. and open your factor authentication apps um i have five buttons on it but somebody could probably extend it to more they use a lot of services. Um, the guide will be out by Wednesday. Then I'm building another planter guide. This is like the Cadillac of planter guides. Um, <laughs> it has like a 3D printed pot, graphics to show the saturation level of the root system. Like the roots will visually get more dampened or not. Huh. Um, and some other interesting things that we can do with Adafruit IO, like weather forecasts for the future that we weren't able to do with other services. Um, and then life stuff, um, actually going to be AFK a lot of next week. I'm moving to Massachusetts again. I'm actually transferring to a different master's program, which I feel is a better fit for me and allows me to work on a thesis underneath an advisor that I like. Um, nice. I'll be switching to a remote contractor, though I'll really miss working at HQ, and it's been an awesome year and a half. That's about it. Well, you can always visit. Yeah, exactly. Not that far. Yeah. <laughs> um, are you going to be near Dan? Yep. Nice. Within an hour. Cool. Well, good luck on the move. 
it's always good to it's, it's always good to move to a, a spot you think is going to be better for you it's always worth it yeah Oh uh, uh, yeah, close to Boston, so South Coast, and hang out at uh, Artisans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. that's like forty-five but minutes. From where I'm cool. We'll do the Circuit Python meet up there. <laughs> Heck yeah! Sure, there's a bunch of other people here. That would be great. Sweet. All right, we'll make it happen. Awesome. Well, good luck. Okay, next up is Seagrover, and I'll read Seagrover's update off. Uh, first one is wrapped up the code and primary documentation for the AMG 8833 thermal camera project. It started out as a humble dryer duct monitor project and gained a life of its own. The camera features interactively adjustable range al- along with snapshot, histogram, and focus modes. Default range and alarm s- setup values are derived from a configuration file so the primary code can be compiled to bytecode. The camera code automatically configures for a PyGamer or PyBadge. Gained an appreciation for Display.io during the development process. Haven't tested it on an Edge badge yet, but expect it to behave like the Pi badge when running CircuitPython. And there's a link to a Twitter post and to a GitHub repo. He says, uh, I'll be back in the recording studio this week and some of the next uh, putting the final wrap on some tracks. So the three pending purple PCBs will have to be content just staring at me. Knowing they'll get some attention later. Might slip in some robotics platform coding in my spare time. Don't tell the purple PCBs. <laughs> All right, that's it for Seagrover. Let's go to Charles. Nothing much to report in the way of uh, progress on anything other than I. you you spoke, somebody uh, spoke of uh, dealing with keyboard matrixes. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's where I'm stuck. Yeah. That and uh, trying to, I'm trying to also, uh, another thing that I eventually am going to have, want to have to do is create uh, draw bars for my Hammond B3 emulation. Hmm. And that is, not, uh, that's not so easy. Yeah, <laughs> I don't even know what a draw bar is. Well, the draw bars are, you know, are eight segmented devices that you pull them out and it it brings in various stops for the B3. It, you, if you've ever seen a B3, it's those little things that they pull in and out. Ah. Draw bars. Okay. In uh, Hammond terms. Right. And they have uh, eight increments. They have eight in- each one has eight increments. Mm. I'm trying to figure out how to translate that eight eight increments into something that I can then translate into a MIDI uh, controller. Right. Does it actually is it a smooth pull? Because if it's smooth, you could just do like break beam IR. I think it's a. I think I'm 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 trying to find somebody who has a B3 so I can actually see the feel. Right. Of- of what it is, uh, what they're supposed to be, so that I think it's eight clicks, mm. you know, individual detents. Right. Because I've watched a number of videos of people playing, and when they pull them, it's like you can hear the click. Mm. So that tends to lead me to believe that there's notches. Right. So, yeah. But uh, when I figured this out, it's I've got all of the. Uh, I got the uh, frequency listings for you know and what each stop does. Right. 
Neat. There's a, there's a Hammond wiki that <laughs> had page a page that was an absolute jackpot. Nice. Thank you. Awesome. Good luck and, and have a good new year. Thanks. You too, Charles. Okay. Let's go to Dan. Okay. So the, the biggest news is that uh, over the weekend, Friday and over the weekend, I, I wrote all the code to do BLE bonding and then got it to compile. And I'm just about to start testing it, but I haven't done any, haven't even tried it in any way yet. So it, that could take a short or a long time to get working. We'll see. Um, and then, uh, as I mentioned in the in the um, hug reports, um, there there are these people who are porting uh, this ULAB library to Circuit Python. So they were a little bit stuck, or the the main person doing it was a little bit stuck getting it to work in Circuit Python. And so I did pull it in and look at it and figure out what the problem was, which was fairly simple. And um, so they're on track, and you can. There's already an example in the in the issue of a screenshot of of now like inverting matrices inside CircuitPython, which is great. Um, and then, so the bonding is by far the highest priority right now. And then also I need to write my CircuitPython 2020 post by the end of the week. I've been thinking about it, but I haven't put it down on paper or on keyboard or on electrons yet. Okay. <laughs> awesome, <laughs> thanks Dan. Okay, let's go to Deshipu. Am I supposed to read it off? Okay. <laughs> For some reason, it says Dishipu, and then in parentheses, Dishipu again. So I thought maybe he would. <laughs> okay. Uh, Dishipu says, uh, first 20 PewPew M4s arrived today, sending them to testers. Uh, second, the caps lock USB hit handling mysteriously stopped working for me and then investigating that. And lastly, exploring the U UF2 bootloader config more in the weeds. All right. Thanks, Dishipu. And let's go to Drew. Um, yeah, I just started uh, looking at it. I had not looked at it in a couple of weeks, but um, had been trying to add PW PWM support uh, for the BeagleBone. Um, it's already been added for the Pocket Beagle um, and had a pull request that uh, Maker Melissa pointed out some issues with. So uh, looking at that again, trying to resolve that and uh, push a commit that uh, we can then merge. And that's all. Awesome. Thanks, Drew. Awesome. Thanks, Drew. Okay. Let's go to higher effect. Um, so uh, this past week, <coughs> uh, kind of a short week for me too. Um, I've been working on a BWM issue that was only occurring on optimized builds of the STM32 port. Um, so I fixed that, but it's now making me think that I probably need to do a big stability pass of uh, of most of the the modules on STM32, just to make sure that they actually all are, you know, work well in an optimized context. So, um, I'm going to spend a little bit of time uh, on that this week. I don't think it should take too long unless I turn up some more bugs. Um, but at least I've got a good idea of what those uh, could look like now. So, uh, hopefully, wrapping that up pretty quick. Um, I worked a bit on the Meowbit bootloader UF2 settings, which is coming along, but not totally done yet. Um, I can, uh, you can flash the Meowbit bootloader uh, out of the box, which is great. 
Um, but uh, we're just not getting, I'm not getting USB enumeration yet. So I'm mm -hmm. chatting with the uh, kit and bot team, the people who make the meow bit about that. Um, and hopefully uh, we'll be able to get over that. There's also some kind of tricky meow bit uh, issues um, that uh, regarding the memory and the screen. So uh, flash and uh, display IO do not play well together uh, when they're running at the same time. Right. So maybe, maybe not taking a look at trying to make those work well together. If not, trying to figure out some way of having an internal file system so we don't have to worry about it. It's a bunch of trade-offs, so a little bit tricky. Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, I guess lastly, uh, working, I've been chatting with my prepping for CircuitPython 2020. Uh, I've been chatting with my uh, friend Don here who uses CircuitPython much more as a user uh, as opposed to me, mostly just uses it as a developer. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, he, we've been talking about some scientific applications of CircuitPython and, and how a lot of people in his network are, uh, are yet. So uh, we're thinking about putting together a joint post on power. So working a little bit on that. And, uh, and then beyond that, just a bunch of probably optimization and uh, trying to fix every issue that's associated with 5.0. So uh, yeah, that's it for me. Awesome. Thanks, Hireffect. Okay. Uh, Hakuza Tuna is text only, and I'll say, uh, I'll read it off. Actual work is the Adafruit CircuitPython's Sphero library development. Uh, it says, dug out my Sphero collection and mapped the BLE complete name feature to robot type, and worked on BLE connection and what to do from a user input perspective if multiple robots are available. Uh, distractions, uh, job hunting. <laughs> is number one. Uh, CPP gizmo bug were a long loop to implement the NetLogo forest fire code in CircuitPython runs for a random length of time before dying. Issue open and makerless is helping. Trying to figure out uh, next analysis steps. Uh, also designing a breakup board using the AS3935 lightning detector to surprise detect lightning. Actually figured out circuit design and bomb creation. Still have some circuits to design and then I'll have a board built. A massive temperature and pressure sensor comparison. Final four boards arriving today, so I have at least one of every sensor Adafruit makes. A CPU temperature monitor and Adafruit IO. And lastly, uh, helping some new Discord users with how do I questions and advising folks in machine learning. Okay. Jacob T is lurking, so we'll go to Jason. All right, I'm back. Can you hear me now? Yep. Oh, yeah, that reconnect worked so good so we are busy trying to get this latest uh, board we're developing up and running uh evo m51 it, it is running we've got a handful of prototypes it's working with arduino it runs circuit python uh we're working on finalizing what the details of how the sam deal interact with the fpga and what that's going to look like. that's up and going actually max maxfield uh, wrote a nice little piece late last week that i didn't And um, over the holiday there, I, my wife has this rugged eyes, like this big heavy-duty flashlight that looked like it was about the right size if you took the front end off from it that would fit a TFT gizmo. And, oh, you're still getting cutouts. Okay. Well, I'll just keep talking, and um, I don't know what's going on on my side. Must have, be having problems. But anyway, I pulled apart her flashlight, used it for a TFT gizmo, and um, was a big hit. And at the New Year's Eve party. 
All right. Thanks. I'm, so- I'm so- sorry about that, guys. No, I, th- I, it's, it's weird enough that it might just be you pausing. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Some really? of it, yeah, like. That's- so just uh i would recommend just like go back and and listen to it and just decide whether it's actually weird or not yeah that's strange all right well my apologies for bad audio oh i mean the audio sounds really good it's just when it cuts out we can't hear you at all okay (laughs) but yeah thanks jason and uh excited for the evo it'll be neat yeah yeah thanks it was fun to to be able to kind of evangelize circuit python with some of the engineering students out our house cool so they were pretty excited about that yeah it's cool awesome yeah well, I just hope we'll keep growing this year. Okay, let's go to Jeff. Hi again. So during the break, I did a lot of work on Jeff Player. It will now play all weekends without uh, lockups or errors running out of memory. That led, uh, I wrote several pull requests in the weekly, uh, in the document, but I think it's one big ball of pull request. <laughs> um, I did my CircuitPython 2020 blog entry, which uh, I was pleased to see got some uh, reactions from people, so that's a lot of fun. Uh, and just out of randomness, uh, I was working on the documentation of Adafruit Seesaw Python module. Um, I added the ability to do pull downs, which was always enabled in the hardware, it was enabled in kind of the generic interface, but it was missing in the class, which is compatible with digital in-out. Uh, and I converted the firmware build to GitHub Actions, because why not? And uh, all this is related to wanting to use KMK, which is a CircuitPython um, package for implementing keyboards um, with a seesaw to do the I.O. for at least half of the matrix. Um, this weekend, or excuse me, this week, I'm starting to look at Audio Mixer, and I'm seeing some weird stuff, and I haven't fully characterized it yet. Um, some of the initial things I said on chat were not fully accurate, but uh, what we'd like to do is get Audio Mixer just for one stream to do volume control of MP3 playbacks for Jeff Player. Um, I've got some review comments to respond to. And uh, I think the route I'm going to take is to rename mp3 file to mp3 decoder because just allocating all that memory up once in a, up front once in a straightforward way to me is really valuable. Um, and if a name change can make it make sense to have a settable name property or file property, then uh, that's the way I'd like to go. And I've also got to uh, respond to the review comments on my PR for avoiding lockups during SD card I.O., and that's going to kind of come back in the weeds. My ongoing fun project is my keyboard. The wiring is three-quarters done, and the layout will let me fit it on an ITSY NRF board, so we might get a Bluetooth keyboard out of this. And uh, it turns out I don't need the Seesaw for doing the keyboard matrix, so uh, that work wasn't useful for me, but it will be for somebody else. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks, Jeff. All right, let's go to Jerry. Hi. Uh, mostly spent most time working on trying to add the reliable datagram mode to the RFM uh, 9X and 69 uh, libraries. Um, it's mostly working, but still some little nagging drops. And I'm trying to figure out, you know, where 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 things are problematic. I'm also trying to understand really. You know how reliable reliable needs to be or should be. Right. Um, the main thing is now when you miss a packet, you know it, um, or at least it, it. You know, there's some there's some handshaking. Um, the problems seem to come in if I have more than more than just 
one 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 two systems communicating if there's if there's multiple nodes they can you can get some pretty bad collisions and the raspberry pi side is is the hardest one to get working because there's definitely some delays on the raspberry pi that aren't present if you're running a microcontroller so still playing with it but uh having fun um see ran into a little issue uh with the mini mqtt library it started with uh, looking at the stm32 because it didn't have encode available. Um, turns out, I guess, Higher Effect is fixing that, and that, that that should be updated soon. So it probably isn't necessary to fix the library to handle it. That it, It'll be in those boards. Um, but that, and then in the process, that found another little bug that uh, um, Brent and I just worked out, and that's that's been updated, um, where you could get an error um, because the way it was trying to create a client ID based on the CPU ID, but the size of the CPU ID varies from processor to processor. So there was there was just a bug there. Um, and let's see. Oh yeah, I, I really had fun playing with the the, the Android Bluefruit uh, app by Android Android Ninja. One of the great things is I, I you know in doing some feedback for for them, I uh, I learned how to record sessions off my iScreen phone. That was really pretty cool. My iPhone screen <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> And uh, this week, my main goal is to get the get a PR in for the reliable datagram stuff, so people can start playing with it. Awesome! Thank you for everything, Jay. Yeah. All right, let's go to Katney. Okay, so uh, last week, um, this is a previously thing that <clears throat> ties into a lot of what I did last week. Um, we updated the Circuit Playground library to work with Express and Bluefruit. And a single import now works with both boards and imports the appropriate features, which means we can have a single set of examples that work on both boards. So that being said, um, I updated the Circuit Python Made Easy on Circuit Playground Express and Bluefruit guide to support Bluefruit and the Circuit Python library examples. And all examples are now in that guide are now linked to the Circuit Playground library repository examples. So there's only one place to update from now on. I also went back and updated the documentation in the library itself to use the new import. So there's just a single set of examples. When I originally did the library update, um, I had two sets of examples, one for each, uh, Express and Bluefruit. So that is no longer the case. I updated some of the examples in the Circuit Playground repo to fit with the guide updates. That meant adding a couple simple ones and just tweaking a little bit. Um, how a few of them worked to match what was originally in the guide um, and then helped with getting PyPixel buff ready for merging. This week, I need to finish the final QA of the CircuitPython Made Easy guide or final review rather before sending it for QA. Um, it's just a matter of reading through it and making sure I didn't miss anything. I'm about halfway done with that already. I need to update the README on the Circuit Playground library to use the new import and explain the requirements for the update. I received some questions um, over the last couple weeks about the new version of the library and what is necessary for it and so on. And we don't really explain that anywhere. And the README is a good place for that. So um, that'll be a quick uh, update there. I realized I should have already done this, but I did not. Um, there are features that are available in the Circuit Playground library that only work on Bluefruit, and there should be a not implemented error raised if you try to import them on Express. So I will be updating that. I don't expect that we will re-release 
or that I don't expect that we will update the frozen version in 4.0 um, or 4.1. Um, but obviously we can get it into the 5.0 updates as we go. Um, and then once that's done, um, I have an update to the sound meter code to work for both Express and Bluefruit. Um, but it, it will, it, it doesn't require the not implemented error update, but, um, it assumes it's there. So that will be two things done in order. Um, I still need to update the Circuit Playground Bluefruit NeoPixel animator code to have the streaming prints optional for gizmo purposes. It speeds up the code if someone is using it with a gizmo attached, um, mm -hmm. which is a common thing now. So uh, that I need to do again. That's a really quick PR to the Learn repo. Um, once the Circuit Python Made Easy guide is QA'd, I need to add redirect links to this to the Circuit Playground Express and Circuit Playground Bluefruit guides. Um, to link that, that guide was never linked from either of those guides and definitely should have been. Um, so we're going to fix that. I need to write my Circuit Python 2020 post, and then my next project is redoing the TB6112 um, Arduino guide in Circuit Python. We have support for it using the Adafruit Circuit Python motor library. We just never redid the guide, hmm. um, so it'll be. Um, I haven't actually looked at it, but the gist of it is a basic guide using um, Adafruit CircuitPython motor. We have some examples, but there was no guide on wiring it up and you know utilizing it and that sort of thing. So that will be fixed. And in the relatively near future, I'm going to update the README in the Circuit Playground library to explain how the library actually works. Um, we very rarely get that question, but the type of person who would find the README is the type of person who may want to know. Right. So putting it in a guide, not so smart um, because it is complex. And um, if all you're trying to do is use the library, it's very unnecessary information. Um, if you want to understand what it's doing and why it is that certain things don't work on Circuit Playground Express and why it is that you can't use it with other complex code, um, this is all, at least on Express anyway, um, this is all information that is is a good home for it would be in the readme on the library. And so that is going to be updated um, sometime in the near future. And then um, in a couple weeks, I will probably be doing a guide for the LED animations library, um, which will include uh, an ex either the Christmas tree um, example that we showed on uh, Show and Tell over the holidays, um, or some sort of not quite so holiday specific Right. Uh, example that uses the same concepts and code because the library has some very um, complex things you can do with it to do some really amazing animations, but they definitely need some explanation. Mm -hmm. um, we included examples in the library itself in the in the library documentation. However, um, it's very isolated. It's just a copy and pasted example of how to format that particular feature and formatting that particular feature doesn't really tell you how to use it. So um, that will probably be a thing that will happen. So people will not have to try to extrapolate the complexity of the Christmas tree from the wreath guide that I did, um, mm -hmm. which was kind of what we've been telling people to do so far, because I've been asked multiple times whether or not there was a guide on how to do any of it. And that was the closest thing that was available. So that is what's going on with me. 
Awesome. And I did actually uh, take the LED animations library and use it here. It was really easy. Uh, just yeah, got the comment going. Exactly. And the animations themselves are super simple. It's just that there's you can do this complex thing with aggregate pixels so that right. you can take a strip that is wrapped around something and have it treat each level as a separate section. And so you can do animations that go top to bottom right. um, when normally it would go serially along the strip. Right. Um, right. Stuff like that. So that's the complex stuff that if people want to know how to do it, um, it will probably require a guide. Yeah, I think a guide would be good because it's got a lot of really cool stuff in there and it'd be good to teach people the mental model and all that. But mm -hmm. it's neat. I'm excited to see it. Excellent. Cool. Thanks. Thank, thank you, Katni. Okay. Roy has notes as well. Uh, in the last weeks, fought with and eventually gave up on native method calling a non-native subclass method fill calling show. Created a fill helper that NeoPixelPy and Adafruit.star can use. Uh, addressed PR changes for the pixel buff work. Uh, dug into and eventually found why NeoPixel write with large strips on NRF was crashing with large strips. Thanks to help from Dan and Tanute. Set up PR for a fix that reuses the same malloc memory. Uh, finished up Adafruit CircuitPython PyPixelBuff pending the merge. Uh, fixed up documentation on the Adafruit CircuitPython LED animation in the More Magic branch. Uh, needs code review and doc review. Updated the PixelBuff branches of Adafruit CircuitPython NeoPixel and Adafruit CircuitPython .star to work with the latest PixelBuff changes. Still needs PyPixelBuff published so it can be tested. Uh, pushed up my ANSI NeoPixel strip simulator to GitHub at uh, rhooper slash CircuitPython underscore terminal pixels. Uh, yeah, I think this is like emulate a NeoPixel strip in your terminal, which sounds really, really wild. Um, and Roy says, this week, whatever comes out of PR reviews. So... Let's go to Maker Melissa. Hello. So last week I added some circuitpython.org website features, such as displaying the number of boards for both the downloads and Blinka. Um, I also added the clue board. Uh, I worked on trying to narrow down an elusive bug for Kuzatuna's uh, fractal generator. Uh, I finished up writing the PyTFT animated GIF player and, and or excuse me, GIF player, I guess it's, it's supposed to be pronounced, <laughs> and started on the guide for um, I started working on the HT16K33 updates and added the set digit raw function to be able to create custom characters. And I got my Onion Omega 2 set up for adding Blinka and update the requirements to not install a couple items that were, be, were blocking the installation on this platform to this small memory footprint. And so I was able to uh, test out a PR for the platform detect and got that added. Um, this week, I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to finish uh, writing the animated GIF player gu guide. It should be pretty quick. Uh, I'm going to test out Summersoft's uh, PR for Ubuntu on Raspberry Pi 4. And I'm going to write my CircuitPython 2020 post and continue updating the HT16K33 library and guides. Awesome. Thank you, Melissa. Yeah. Okay. 
Marius and Sai are lurking. So, Sedacious is offline, but I'll read it off. Sedacious says, uh, did a bunch of PR reviews for Dylan's actions PRs. The unsung, unsung hero, I think. Uh, editing the MCP 4728 guide to do a better job explaining and giving examples of using VREF. I uh, worked on adding some Arduino Libs to actions. Uh, got Octoprint set up with a ni- nice touchscreen. Bed leveling issues convinced me to get a auto bed leveler. And next is more driver work. And after that is Summersoft. Summersoft says, uh, last week with Cookie Cutter, uh, fixed an issue with GitHub Actions files being parsed as Jinja templates. Thank you for that. <laughs> fixed it for myself. Uh, wrote some tests that will build from the Cookie Cutter, so issues like the above can be caught during PRs and pushes, which is cool. Uh, Adafruit Python platform detect. Uh, Fixed merge conflicts after some other PRs were merged and retested non-Raspbian detection on Ubuntu server 19.04 and 19.10. Rosie Pie, red, red, red. Uh, Security and authorization techniques are hard to get a solid grasp on, especially in edge case case designs. Uh, This week, more reading and likely some more reading. So thanks to Summersoft. And uh, next up, we have notes from Tani Makes. Tammy makes things. Tammy says, uh, last week, I ironed out almost all of the UI code for my current project, save one remaining issue. I think it has to do with global variables. Once I sort out what's wrong, I'll document it in case other relative newbies trip over the same issue. I began the work of porting the Arduino Max 3010X Pulse Aux sensor library to CircuitPython. Several companies, including SparkFun, make breakup boards for the sensor. In order to keep things simple and standard, I'm going to develop and test with the Maxim Max ref desk, uh 11.7 reference board because it's standard and available for under $20 from Digikey and the other usual places. Uh, the interface is I2C, so the various other boards should work too, but I want to minimize har- hardware variation as much as I can and set up a Medium publication for blogging things, which is medium.com slash Tammy dash makes dash things. This week, uh, continue work on the Max 3010X uh, lab report. I want to get the basic library stepped out and confirm that it can talk to the sensor okay. Goal is to have V1 of the port done and V1 of my current project show until worthy by the end of February. The sensor module provides an interrupt line. I'm trying to determine if my inflammation uses that for anything. If not, I'd like to see if I can make the sensor connection via Stemma. Fix the one remaining bug uh, in the UI code for my current project, so the only remaining dependency it has is on the Max3010X library. Uh, note, I may also change the hardware configuration from PyBadge Pi plus sensor to CPX plus TV, TF, TFT gizmo. And last up, uh, write a CircuitPython 2020 blog post. And that is it. We are through status updates. Uh, awesome to hear what everyone is working on. Uh, thank you to that. And let's go to In the Weeds. Um, In the Weeds is a chance for us to talk about any issues that have come up we've got two in here uh if you have other issues would like to talk about please drop them in the notes uh we are a little later than we normally are but it's also because we're coming back from a three a few weeks off so uh no worries i can keep going uh so we can get through all this so first and foremost let's kick it over to jeff hello 
So um, there is this PR where there's a wide variety of ways that you can lock up CircuitPython if you are performing I.O. to the SD card and then within the background tasks um, you try to do it again. So for instance if you are listing a file system and trying to play back an mp3 file it locks up. Um, and alongside this I've been looking at well how long do IOs to the SD card even take? And the answer is the most basic um, read of one block from an SD card is taking seven milliseconds. And so if that happens in say display IO that blocks any other background task for seven milliseconds which is a pretty long time. And so Dan you had told me that there are things that need to happen every one millisecond so I'm kind of confused as to how everything isn't already ruined, I guess would be the short version of the, of the statement. Uh, what am I overlooking and where do I go from here? So yeah, the, that's a good question. I don't know why using on disk bitmap in the background isn't screwing things up. It might be because it is, but it doesn't happen very often. Right, or and I might... didn't look, for instance, whether yeah. it's throwing uh, time keeping off, um, which is the it, thing that it, we see. It, when it might well be, happens. yeah, it might well be uh, because of that. But it, I mean, the way since we don't have any operating system, the only things that operate that handle happen asynchronously are interrupts or this business when we run, so the background task runner basically runs um, every uh, like every few opcodes in the virtual machine, mm -hmm. um, and it happens that it usually will probably run. Um, at least every one milliseconds, but there are there are several issues where people say it's it's not keeping time. Okay, it's not so much an issue maybe with Bluetooth because uh, th that's all interrupt driven. Well, keeping uh, time is interrupt di driven too, right? Uh, yes. Yeah, this but I don't know why. I mean, we've seen people who say that time monotonic is not is losing time right. or something like that. So, and I, we haven't figured that out easily either. It might be a higher priority interrupt locking out yeah. the timekeeping one or something. Um, but in general, the interrupt tasks should not run for very long. I mean, the background tasks should run quickly. Right. Now, uh, Scott, you can maybe say something about what happens. Like, I think the the display refresh stuff does a certain amount of work and it looks to see whether, okay, I should stop now and, and return. But I don't know. I don't re I don't remember that. Like I didn't study that code or anything. I don't think it does. I think you, if you're doing a full screen refresh, you're going to do the full refresh before you return from the background task. Like it's not going to partially update the screen just to get the, the VM going again. Okay. What, but that won't, so if it were reading, like, if it was displaying a bitmap image, bitmap color image or something, it just still doesn't, that doesn't block up 
That's not a background refresh. That's not a single background refresh. Isn't background refresh required for USB? Because I mean, like otherwise, if you had a really big image, you would you would probably screw up or USB by not servicing it enough, right? Right. So that's why I think it's right. not it's not it's not the whole thing, right? So I mean, USB is is it's good to service USB every millisecond, uh, and if it were there were a lot of data coming in on USB, you might get in trouble, right? Uh, if you weren't doing that because the buffers would fill up. But maybe it doesn't happen that often. So the short answer, I mean, because USB requires polling, it's not this, this interrupt. The USB tasks have to run um, by polling, not by interrupts. Then this is a this is a problem, right? right? This is a potential problem. So in general, you don't want things to run for more than a millisecond in 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 run background tasks. So, but I, but it might be true that they are okay. It's just right. that it's not a good idea. So, I've been wondering, in in the context of the the Meowbit issues, whether putting I'm seeing uh, SPI Flash and Display IO things being put together and timing out USB, right? Um, which is sort of a similar context. Yeah, I think in Display IO, I had to actually, I think in times I've actually called the USB task myself if i'm doing a loop yeah, and waiting for something yeah um so i think i i wouldn't block anything based on um it running too long i think that i have to look at this pr again but i think the general idea would be if you're worried about like from display io calling spy and then it calling display io again i would just add a, a volatile to prevent like but I think it's there. I think it's already there. So you don't like recursively update the screen. Right. So what happens is you you do something that will cause a display update, and that includes an on-disk bitmap. Right. And then you start doing another SD operation in the foreground, like listing a directory, opening a file, and reading its contents in the foreground. And so then... But it shouldn't... like It the, shouldn't... That goes into the disk read code... That comes back out into Python, and now you're able to start a background task because you're in that bytecode loop that Dan mentioned. When it enters that, it's trying to claim the bus device because you're, you're recursively calling the Python SD card reader. It tries to claim the bus device that it's already claimed and start a new spy transaction. And then it just hangs? And it just hangs at that point because it never claims the bus. Because the Python code is like, I can just sit and wait forever. Mm -hmm. So I yeah, think that well, there should be a recursion preventer that there should be the, the SD card access should be serialized so that it will wait for the... I mean, it sounds like the locking is not working, that there's a deadlock happening. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, it's a deadlock. Um, yeah. Waiting for the spy device, but it's the it's the same thing waiting on it both times. As in the one user of the SD card, you could also arrange it so that one was display and one was SD if they're on the same spy bus, I suppose. Right. So, what, but I'm just saying, like, you shouldn't even attempt to start an SD operation if another SD operation is in process. Right. 
So there should be lo some locking associated with the SD card in particular. And as opposed so to just... Would, it would do what? Return an error on the read? On the, the inner read? Uh, well, we'd have to maybe change the API so that you get a, like a soft error. Yeah, like it's in use or something. Or you busy wait for it or something. Well, are you saying the outer the outer loop is the display updating? Um, let me find that um, the back issue trace. because there's a trace back on yeah. it. Because I I wouldn't expect any foreground code to run while the display's updating. The foreground code starts running because display has to read the SD card for the on disk bitmap. Right, and then it runs. But, that, but that's like different Python code than the higher level code. Yeah, but then what happens is there's a recursive call to that, the background task. Right, which because, shouldn't... Because it's going to call run background tasks while it's in the middle of running a background task. So I thought that that was caught already. Yeah, I thought so too. It, I thought it would just say, oh, I'm not going to bother to run. I'm already calling it recursive. Maybe not. But um, oh yeah, I mean, you don't want to you don't want to call run background task recursively, period. Well, you, you don't. The, this doesn't require background tasks to be called recursively. So look at the second link that I sent. There's a traceback with 35 frames. Right. It's not the whole stack back to main, but uh, it's what I think is relevant. So... The outermost frame thirty five is calling OS dot stat. You don't want to things... you don't want to refresh recursively. That uh, then is calling into disk read, which calls back out to Python at like frame twenty through twenty five, and that is in the the CircuitPython SD card library. It's running Python code, so it runs background tasks. That gets into frame nine it's calling read again those are both reads to the sd card the outer one has the lock the inner one never completes it's dead so it looks like so a refresh is happening 41 is calling refresh but that's not inside a background task right frame 41 so right, what should happen back yeah right so what should happen is that there should be a lock here there should be a recursive check so that Display I.O. background doesn't do anything. Right. Like at frame frame 20 should have a check to say, is there a refresh already in process? Oh, I should just just um, return. Yeah, something like that would address the yeah, in frame 20 the or 21. traceback of that initial comment. But then right. if you look down at that uh, third comment, it doesn't involve trying to do the display twice. It involves stat and run background tasks. Right. So maybe what I'm saying is that if if there's an SD operation in progress, since you don't know whether display I/O is going to do SD or not. Okay. So there's two things that you could do. One is that sort of the 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 clunky the the crude way of doing it is just don't do anything in display IO background if an SD operation is in process because it might call the SD code. Okay. 
it's not necessarily going to, but it might. So that's not very good. And I, but I don't know how we can anticipate whether it's going to call that. Um, or inside the ref inside refresh, whatever fill area or something further down, if it gets a request for an on disk bitmap, it should just give up. But I don't know if it can give up and without leaving things in a bad state. Okay. Right. And those same can, how does it give up uh, will also apply if the background task is reading an MP3 file because you do need to fill that buffer regularly, right? Yeah. So that's just a real problem that you really, like if you're playing an MP3 file, you shouldn't be doing other SD operations at the same time. Mm -hmm. yeah, or you so shouldn't working, be using display. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, so I work around it in JetPlayer by carefully disabling refresh during these times and calling show during those times and so forth. And it works out. I just feel like this will catch people and I'd, I'd like to you know have the core do the right thing but right is the right thing to be an easy right thing is the right thing to create a lock around when we do a call out to the vm with the sd card stuff so like in vfs fat if we're calling back to a a, a python thing then we um just say like don't within this sub python vm don't run background tasks well, don't run display, right? Don't run things that that might, not any background task because th that's what I'm saying is that the original the original PR disables all background tasks and that's a bad right. idea. But we should yeah, disable background tasks that might use the SD. That might use the SD card. Or okay, or so. can't can't VFS fat just detect when it's called recursively? Uh, yeah, but then it would just fail, and then what would happen? Then that would screw up. You'd be getting an error in, right. inside Display I/O. I'm maybe just yeah. I I'm kind of sick of having this recursive VM stuff. <laughs> yeah, like I would totally be okay just swapping out for a native SD card support. Like this is the only case where we have to run a VM while the VM is running. Right, I agree with that. I mean, it's a, and it's I was, a pain in the ass. Right, and I was so, hoping I was like it was sort of on my long term agenda right. to take. And in fact, there was an even there was the idea is well, why can't we use the Arduino library or the SD Fat SD Fat the the C C live SD Fat Arduino library? Right. But when I looked at that, it was like not there was a lot more code in there having to do with the file system. Right. Which. We have a fine file system. We don't need to substitute the file system stuff. What we need to substitute are the basic block, block read write stuff. Right. Yeah, and so it was. I didn't see an easy way to factor that out. Right. Uh, or you know, it wasn't. It wasn't sort of separable from the rest of the SD fat library. I didn't look at it for very long. Yep. So maybe it is. But I I agree. I mean, the way that, I mean, it's neat that the, the way that they did it in the MicroPython, because you can have any block device. Right. Uh, but it's also not neat because it has it has these terrible problems. Okay. Right. Um, although I was on the verge of, and now I understand something a little more about why the code is structured that way, um, in that when it goes to do a file operation, it isn't 
arranging to call like the same Python function you would call if you called dot read, it goes down to the layer of bat directly. Um, we've talked about, uh, well, I put forward the idea of doing a podcast player on PyPortal since there's Wi-Fi, but then you're going to need to have the MP3 decoder calling out to Nina uh, right. to get those network packets. So this would reintroduce what we're trying to get rid of. And, you know, if we just want to say, well, that's how it's going to have to be, and, you know, maybe we create something else to enable that, or maybe we just can't do that, and you have to download it to your SD card and then play it from the SD card. Right. That's fine. Um, somebody also mentioned in passing that, well, the C implementation of SD IO just wouldn't fit on M0 devices. So would we keep it on some devices as it is and then have this better layer on the more capable boards, like the, the PyPixel buff idea, or uh, what would we do as a long-term? I, 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 yeah, I don't know the answer to that. I mean, that was my speculation that it wouldn't fit because yeah, it has to be, be in flash. Bytes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I wonder, I, how, I wonder how much we're winning back by removing, well, I guess NeoPixel Frozen should get smaller with Pixel Buff, but... Yeah, it's, but it still wouldn't work on trinkets or something. So I mean, we just don't have the right. Space. But do you do you, do you have enough pins to do ST cards on trinkets? Well, on a Feather M Zero Basic, you do say or something. So maybe not trinkets, but something okay. else that doesn't right. a non a non express board. Yeah. So well, but, but the, I, the other SD implementation would still be there if somebody needed it. Right. We'd have this new better one that people would get by default or, you know, get when they follow the updated guides or whatever. Now, and I don't really know even what happens. Like, so if we do service um, USB traffic, uh, like, why aren't we running into... Um... Well, no, no, never mind. I was thinking of thinking of something else. I was saying, I was saying, oh, the SD, the mass storage stuff, but that doesn't talk to the SD card, so it doesn't matter. Um, right. But I, I think if, I mean, I think the short-term fix is to, if you're doing SD operations, don't call any background tasks that could do SD operations. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that's something that you would do inside run background tasks. Okay. So something that uh, moves the check down from every background task to display and... To specific uh, background audio. tasks. Right. Yes. Right. Would yeah. be much more acceptable. Yeah. Right. That's right. fine with me. And that's that's the substitute in the short term. In the long term, it's we add an RTOS. Okay, so I but think that does, but like, that doesn't help us with the VM. Oh, that doesn't help us with the Python VM side of it. Like an RTOS. Uh, we would have to give the Python VM the tools to say block, block this now. Right. Whatever this is. Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it has to it's a complete it has to be a complete rethink of 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 the tasks. Yeah. Of task scheduling. Right, right now the, the Python VM is 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 in it, it's in charge, or you know it it always it it wants to run. Yep. It's it's not a task that's run and run background tasks. It's not it's not on the same. It's not a sibling task. It's like a different kind of task. You know, run background task is not a scheduler. Right. Okay. If it were if it were if the whole thing were an operating system, then. The Python VM would be running just as another task. Right. And there would be all kinds of queuing and stuff 
for the IO operations. Right. Yeah. All right, I'm going to move us on. Yeah, this is really hairy. Yeah. Yeah. That's why it's called In the Weeds. That's Hello. right. <laughs> um, Thank you, guys. Yeah, no problem. Okay. We got one more. Um, and I think this is should be pretty quick. But uh, Deshipu wanted to say, uh, the UF2 bootloader has some configuration built into it, including the values for the display initialization. They're easy to read in code, and if we use them in the display initialization, we could share the same UF2 for devices with a different displays as the differences would only be in the bootloader. I made a pull request for pwm4 that makes it take the offsets for the display from the bootloader because the production devices I received have different displays than the prototypes they use. And I don't really want to separate firmware from them, uh, but this could be used in a more general way, maybe even replacing pins.h. Yeah, and I think they did this stuff because they wanted to generally have one binary for different boards and i would say cool <laughs> like i'm totally okay with that i i think there is something to be said for having all of the different binaries we have because it's just like oh this is the board i have i download it and it works um but if you like have this if you leverage cf2 in your prs like i'm totally okay taking those I'm totally okay basing on that. I'd be, I'd be a little. I think it's going to be fine for the M4s. It's not. There's not going to be room on the M0. Right. In the eight kilobyte, you have two bootloader for for this information. So. Right. Uh, an account on the Discord. What, Lucian? Because we're gonna, we're gonna, we're starting a CircuitPython meetup. You're, are you talking to me? <laughs> huh? What, it, what? I, I don't understand what you're talking about. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Was my mic on? My bad. Yes, it was. Yeah. <laughs> you're talking to somebody well, else. I'm sorry. I was talking. I was talking to somebody in A2. My bad. No problem. Okay. No problem. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, Toshibu, I think if if you want to use CF2 for that, uh, having different displays on the same board, that's totally fine. <laughs> All right. I'm going to wrap this up. Uh, that's it. CF2 is a good option for folks who need it. Uh, but this is our longest meeting, I think, ever. So let's wrap up. And this was the CircuitPython Weekly for January 6th, 2020. Uh, this happens every week on Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern on the Adafruit Discord server, which you can join by going to the URL adafru.it slash Discord. And that will drop you in and uh, join the text chat. You can chat with us there or... Uh, 
the voice chat is where we are during the meeting. The meeting was recorded, uh, so beware that your <laughs> your the voices in here and the the video of the text channel have been recorded. They will be posted on the Adafruit YouTube channel, which is YouTube.com/Adafruit. Uh, we also have podcasts uh, of the audio from that video, so if you are a podcast listener, check that out. I think we're on most services. I don't. I haven't heard that we're not on one that people use. So uh, if we are, let us know. We'll get it up there. Otherwise, uh, you should be able to grab it there. Also, put. I also post it to Diode Zone occasionally too. So um, check that out too. And notes will go along with that, along with time codes. So you'll be able to skip around if you want to hear particular things there. And uh, other than that, I think next week we're on uh, normal time. And uh, as a reminder. I was hoping that next week would be kind of the wrap up for uh, us talking about all of the different CircuitPython 2020s. So expect to see a lot of those this week. And if you haven't gotten yours out, we'd love to hear from you uh, what you want from CircuitPython in 2020. Uh, if you need ideas on what that those posts can look like, um, just go on the Adafruit blog, blog.adafruit.com, and check out, um, just search for CircuitPython 2020, and you'll see the examples there. So... Um, Anyway, that's it. And thank you, everybody, for uh, taking the time out. And we're happy to hear uh, have you all here to kick off 2020 and uh, look forward to chatting with you the rest of the year. Thanks, everyone.